Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. Hi, this is Tom Hessen, the host of The Revenue Hustle, and I have the distinct pleasure of introducing Gaurav Harod to the episode. Uh, Gaurav, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah, so Gaurav and I are, um, we're neighbors, we're friends, we're both CEOs of startups. Uh, so he and I have, um, over the, the last couple of years, just always caught up, and I just love what Gaurav has to share. And so I said, you know what? I need to share this with the, the Revenue Hustle podcast audience. So um, Gaurav, welcome. Uh, so as I mentioned, Gaurav, you're the CEO of Enablix, yeah. and you've been a lifelong um, person in enterprise software. So just introduce yourself, and uh, we'll jump right in. Sure. Uh, this is Gaurav Rode, and I CEO of Enablix, a sales enablement platform. Before Enablix, I was around eight years with Oracle, uh, predominantly in the enterprise software space, uh, focused in financial services and risk and compliance. But uh, happy to be here and looking forward to the session. Fantastic. Well, great. So, all right. We know that the, the format of our show, we do two revenue rules. Um, which are just really things that you're passionate about that you know that works to drive revenue in uh, B2B. So take it away, Grav. What's your revenue rule number one? I think the first rule is an enabled sales rep is a more is more important than any marketing channel for a B2B company. Wow, because that you know because I imagine there's just a lot about you know how marketing's taking over from sales and the channel and so on. So unpack that for me. Yeah, I think uh, we are, everybody knows that a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, right? And I think there is a lot of focus nowadays for getting the bird through the door, right? In which case, like we just did a webinar around MQLs and SQLs and all those things. But I think when you have an engaged buyer or a buyer who came through the door, the the importance of educating that buyer and making helping them through the buying buying process is way more important than what we find your website or your social media channel can do. Uh, marketing channels are important to the extent that they help you build interest. Um, product success is important because that drives word of word of mouth. But once a buyer comes through the door and says, "Hey, I need to learn more." Uh, your sales rep can make or break the deal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see a lot of deals being lost um, by sales, right? So I think that's a great way to say it. I mean, the stakes are higher, right, at, at, at the sales stage um, just because of the value that has to be provided to the buyer at that moment and if you don't do it right. And I think that's why you're saying an enabled sales yeah. rep you're making that very strong distinction there um so unpack that a little bit more yeah like i think uh 
in in today's subscription economy uh, people talk about there are like several blogs and videos about how customer retention and negative churn is really important right yeah because the customer retention is important because it's like i think 10 times less costly to close an existing or renew an existing customer rather than to go and find a new customer if you just go further back on the sales process or the customer life cycle process before that customer became a customer he was engaged with the sales rep and when they engage with the sales rep they are overwhelmed like today's buyer uh, is overwhelmed with choices okay and we are not talking about like the five or ten percent of the brands that are like unicorns right and like right. i mean yes people use salesforce for crm right so but you cannot compare your company or the 95 percent companies with salesforce um so in for those 95 percent companies when your buyer has engaged with the sales rep they are looking for help they are looking for information and similar to a customer that you have already acquired and it's much less costlier to retain a buyer who has already shown interest it is much easier to close than like the 10,000 eyeballs you get on social media because the right. 10,000 eyeballs you get on social media they are valuable but way less valuable than this one customer or one prospect who is saying hey I want to learn more about your tool how it can help me how you are different from the other tools etc right so that right. that uh, it's funny that companies spend so many dollars on top of the funnel but then they and i don't know why but they don't spend and then they train the sales reps but yeah they somewhat somewhere fall short on training that rep or enabling that rep so well I, yeah i mean b2b sales is hard right number one like it's just a hard job and and you know i've been you know just in the line of work that nine lenses and i are in you know we work with a lot of sales leaders too and i think the the, the thing that i see is it's just the amount of you know, marketing, you need a lot of skills too, different types of skills than you do in sales, but it's, it's not one or the other, but it's, it's in sales. You need to have, you know, deep domain expertise, right? About the, the problem that your buyers have, you have to be confident in order to speak to them and say, Hey, you know, stop doing this. You should be doing this. Have you thought about doing that? Right. This is the value add. Cause they're, they don't know they oftentimes yeah. need help. Right. Yeah. And so a sales rep is really helping uh, the buyer through this process and their ability to help and educate like that's the value you're talking about um, is critical. But it's really hard to know the buyer, their pain, your process, your product, you know, how it solves it and be able to do all of that on the fly um, is really difficult. Yes. And, and I think also like people uh, like our industry sort of misses the fact that the buyer is willing to listen, right? By engaging with you, they are sort of like giving you, per, given you permission to kind of like educate them. Whereas it's very hard to like kind of like uh, serve the buyer's needs and personalize the experience when they are just like browsing on your, whether it's your website or they are dealing with your brand outside. But uh, there is a unique opportunity for a sales rep to be a subject matter expert, to be an information broker, they are wanting to learn more. Because you take any category and you look at like the five players in that category and you go onto their website, they all would look the same, right? So, so 
everybody looks more and more similar in today's day and age. So I, I don't know whether you remember, but like a few years back, there was this thing that the buyer has already made a decision right. 70% of the way. And I think nowadays that's completely untrue. I mean, the buyer has is overwhelmed 200% now before they come, but now they are like looking for help. Like they they are not bought into one tool. And again, I'm I'm differentiating the 5% of the brands, which are like really, really, like they have like such a strong brand equity right. that um, it's a no brainer there. But for the remaining 95%, your buyer needs help. So. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really true. <clears throat> and and when you when they need help, right? Because I think there's so much complexity in in modern you know business today. Again, whether it's finance, whether it's marketing, sales, IT, you know, operations, manufacturing, you name it. I mean, just with the amount of technology and cloud and the speed of change, it just has made business in my opinion, more, more complex because it's just things are changing so much more rapidly. And so yeah. it's that much harder for executives to really stay on top of what all the things that are, are changing. And therefore, when they go out looking for solutions to problems, they may not even fully understand their problem, right? Let alone yeah. what solution is going to help them, uh, which gives the, the sales rep such a unique opportunity to educate in ways that, you know, marketing content can't not knowing what their business problem is right exactly exactly and i think that's where um i think marketing content is great uh, marketing content does a job that is like it, it it serves a need but when you have an engaged buyer i also feel that most of the customer success content can be so valuable right like uh, i even wrote like a i think there was a linkedin post or something like the just give your prospects visibility into the first 100 days of what life would be like working with your platform, right? What happens after the signature is done? How can they help with integration? How can they help with rollout? And uh, all these things are complex topics, but it comes back to that when the buyer has engaged with your sales rep, I think they are willing to kind of like open the hood and see under the hood like, hey, what am I yeah. getting? And and that builds credibility. That's a great opportunity to build credibility. Yeah, and I think a lot of people wouldn't disagree with you that a, a well-trained and, and high-value sales executive is, you know, going to help carry the deal, right, and, mm -hmm. and differentiate your firm. But the trick and the challenge is how do you get the rep to be enabled to be that value add? Because I see so many firms struggling with, you know, I just, uh, in my own research, um, you know, $70 billion a year is invested in sales technology and training and methodologies and coaching. And so there's all sorts of money being spent on rep performance, but yet, you know, I saw another statistic, 43% of enterprise reps don't achieve quota, right? So yeah. there's still a big miss. So yeah. it's a hard, it's hard, right? So like, it is hard. It is hard. Because I think there is like sales is a profession where you have to like sort of balance the, you don't only have to balance the product knowledge or the offerings knowledge plus your sales skill, right? So there are like some like sales skills that come into picture. And then uh, in, in many cases, you you may even like end up being a sales rep who are not necessarily like experts, but it helps to be like a great information connector, like a broker of information. Right. 
So if you are a prospect and you are asking me something, I may not know the answer, but I can, I understand your sort of like need. I'm empathetic to your need and I can then meet right. that need, like respond to that thing, which is, uh, I think it's a valuable skill and uh, can really help these 95% of the companies that are like, you know, suffering with like, whether it's competitive pressures or market pressures or lack of absence of trained sales reps. Yeah. And, and where where do you see companies enabling well, right? Like, so what does a typical enablement program include other than, I mean, obviously there's product training and there may be some skill development, um, but it still seems a lot of reps are left out there on an island. You know, when the bright lights come on, they got to perform and, and, and they just don't hit the mark. Yeah, I think, um, and in our experience, like companies, the, the longer the sales cycle, the more complex the enablement sort of like challenge or the more challenging the enablement uh, mandate there is. If you have a more repeatable sales cycle and maybe a shorter sales cycle, enablement can be not entirely, but to a great degree can be scripted. Uh, it, it, because when you have that kind of cycle, things are more predictable. Yeah. Things can be more easily segmented. But if you are selling like an enterprise deal, which the sales cycle runs from nine months to 18 months, um, you would see that there is like, it's 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 more um, unpredictable. Um, there are too many factors that can affect right. the deal. So it's very difficult for, from an enablement standpoint to cover all bases, mm -hmm. right? So, so in, the, in those cases, uh, depending on how many deals your company closes, I mean, one enablement technique could be that the subject, like, and this happens in a lot of companies, like mid-sized companies, if they have like a big deal for like a big marquee client, everybody from the company sort of like zones in on that deal, right? And that's like real-time enablement that's happening, which normally in many other organizations, they would try to automate it, but it's happening, hey, we have this RFP due from this tier one bank in three weeks, and every morning and evening there is a stand-up call and there is discussion and right. stuff. And um, that's like live, like uh, um, enablement in a live session kind of thing that's, that's right. happening there. So yeah. yeah, so I think if it's the smaller uh, sales cycle, more scripted sales cycle, enablement is easier and can be achievable. If you are doing more longer sales cycle, um, it can add like other factors like which may cloud the enablement process. Mm. So do you see the the, the um, do you see the role of the enterprise sales rep diminishing or increasing? Increasing. Hundred percent. Like I cannot even imagine like people talk about like bots and AI and stuff like that, and it's just laughable. <laughs> and that's because of the complexity of the customer need and, and the education that they need. It's not that simple. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's not simple. It's way complicated. Um, there are more lookalikes, right? It's like going to an aisle in Harris Teeter and trying to buy ketchup and you are having or like a pasta sauce and literally like my mind explodes. <laughs> looking at the choices of pasta sauces that are there bottled up with like different 
like 10 cents difference of price and colors and mixtures and tomato right. and garlic. Yeah. It's, it's like that in enterprise software. And I, I just feel bad because they today's buyer, they it's one thing when you are trying to buy a consumer product, right? When you are trying to buy a business product, not only you have to deal about all the choices that are in front of you, you also have to deal about all the people that are in your organization. Right. You have to work along with and um, you have to uh, cover your decision and make sure that you are you are not like messing up your career. So, uh, right. yeah, I don't see uh, sales reps role to be diminishing. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be all the more more needed because people are going to everybody has a drift bot on their website or of some bot on the website. Right now, what? Like, okay, you have a bot. Everybody has a bot. It it doesn't solve the problem. Right, right. No, no, that's good. I mean, we could talk about this all day because this is an area I'm certainly passionate about as well. Um, but all right, well, let's transition into your second revenue rule. Gaurav, what, uh, what's your second rule? Uh, buyer content, and it's related to the first one. Buyer context is everything. Mm -hmm. Buyer context is everything because um, no matter how much your product team and marketing team can uh, codify the buyer personas and the industries and the solution and the behaviors, I think that a sales rep is in the best position to understand the buyer because every buyer is unique. So because every buyer is unique, the um, buyer context is so important. Um, mm -hmm. And we are in our company, we have lost deals because we didn't uh, absorb the buyer context, right? Listen to the buyer context. Uh, and it's it's an interesting anecdote of like, there is so much advice out there, which I agree with, is that sales reps should listen, right? right? They should listen to their prospect. They should speak less, you know, like gong calls, how much sales rep is speaking versus like, the. that's all great. But there is very little uh, literature and advice out there that, okay, what do you do after you listen, right? Like, how do you act on that information? Right. What are you listening for? Yes. Yeah. Like, like okay, I listened. I spoke only 20% of the time. You as my prospect spoke 80% of the time. Great. I took notes. I put them in Salesforce. Maybe my product marketer listened to our conversation, got some idea. Okay. Me as a sales rep, am I being trained to act on what I'm listening? Right. And that's part of enablement. Right. When I hear this signal or this pain point, what are my choices? How can I educate the buyer? So there is like very. Um, people stop at listening, but they don't. Sort of like continue and say, OK, now that you are listening this, this is how you should react. To it. Right. And I call that like connecting the dots. And okay. I think that's what makes it very difficult. If you think about like a, a discovery call, right, where it's maybe the first time you're meeting with a customer, uh, maybe it's the second meeting, but a lot of that call is the or the, the, the prospect telling you, this is my problem, here's what's going on. And the rep is asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, but there's a lot being kind of thrown at the rep, kind of 
in, 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 you know, any number of ways, right? And this is what the customer thinks the problem is. It may not be the real problem or their understanding is wrong. And so there's a thousand and one directions that you can take a discovery call based on what you're receiving and hearing. And to me, you have to connect those dots based on your experience and your understanding of their problem and, and you know, the subject matter expertise that you have and your understanding of the solution and how, it, so it is really hard to connect those dots, right? You, you're right, you have to listen and you interpret it properly, but then to connect all the dots is incredibly difficult. Exactly, exactly. And I think you have to do it at a micro level, right? Everybody connects the dots through reports and data, you know, like at the stake, like the sales leader level and the product marketer level, they will have all these analytics and run it. But from a deal to deal perspective, it is very important that the sales rep has the skills and the necessary training or enablement for them to, to understand those signals and then say, hmm, like, this client is in this scenario and uh, how what can i offer or what can my company offer to get this deal to 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 fruition and to win the deal right right and i think that kind of goes to like the underlying reason why they buy there's like the personal value like what is it in for them personally versus yeah. the you know the organizational value so what's the benefit to the company because those are very different things especially when yes. you have multiple buyers and then i think there's some things like you know disney world they're not selling you know an amusement park they're selling like fun or you know yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, and so like a memory of a lifetime, right? So you have to know really what you're selling. And so like, I'm in a deal right now with a, with a, with a prospect who really wants help, you know, with, you know, sales and sales enablement and that sort of thing. But really what they want is a win for their career. Like I'm new to the organization. I need to demonstrate success. They've been given, they've given me this charter. I think you can help me tell me how, right? So they don't know exactly how, but the real underlying reason is personal value right i need to show that i'm demonstrating success yeah as an example of i think what you're trying to say that the underlying like what they're telling you about their business problem is one thing but the real personal issue is yeah. could be very different that that part and then there are also even like if we even if we limit ourselves to the business problem like companies are so different right like maybe i am a marketer who doesn't get along with the CRO, right? We are not on the same page, which is not an uncommon thing. Like it's a pretty common occurrence where the marketer does not get along with it. If I'm in the market to buy a sales enablement tool, the type of help that I will need from the vendor, the type of value proposition that I would need, the benefit points that I would need would be different than if I'm a marketer and I'm like joint at hip with my sales uh, leader, then it's a it's a different conversation, right? I'm 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 speaking to different emotions, uh, and then yeah, there is the the whole like job to be done, right? Like I mean, I we talk about with our solution, marketers buy our solution to enable sales teams, right? That's that's their primary thing, and that's the right like that's the right first step. But within a few months, they realize that oh wow, I want this to be my internal content library for the entire organization right but that's like like a byproduct of it but when you think about it that's a pretty big deal it becomes like their internal showcase for the right. rest of the organization so there are these sort of like um you know like 
much more personal um, connections yes. with the purchase process that uh, like if you're not getting along with your CRO, then you do want a system like ours or maybe like a system like yours or another enablement system because you want to make the discussion data driven rather than emotions driven, right? So you can say, hey, your sales reps, I created these 10 pieces of asset. Your sales reps are not accessing these 10 pieces of asset, right? It takes the subjective right. tension out of the way. So yeah, there are, um, it is an important part uh, in the sales process in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and that context is, is like, you know, what brought them here, right? Where are they in that journey? I and mean, there's a million and one variables, which makes, I think, sales so difficult is that you have to um, understand all of those things. And then the recommended course that you decide to take, what you share, what you say, what case studies, what examples, um, you know, all of that with a smile and, and you know, trust building, right, layered in on top is a very yes. complex thing. Um, and I just think that, you know, we talk about EQ a lot, right, just in sales, like this just becomes a very, you know, personal experience for the buyer and they buy from people, right? I don't think that's yeah. changed. Yeah, that um, hasn't changed. And, and I think one of the things that we see is there are nowadays like and our prospects talk to us about, oh, can we have a technology where let's say if a buyer goes and accesses this piece of collateral, then later on we serve them these three pieces of collateral, right? And can you do that? Well, yeah, you can do that, but are you sure that the buyer needs after he like, they think that they know that, okay, after piece A, the next piece right. is a, uh, X, Y, Z. And no, you don't know that, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's one thing to think at a very like 10,000 feet level. Okay, like if you are from financial services, you need financial services related content. Okay, if you are from financial services from a tier one bank, you need financial services content for tier. But how deep can you go with that, right? But when you are engaged, when your seller, seller is engaged with the buyer, he's the best, he has the most knowledge. In one call, in one call, a sales rep has more knowledge than any AI-driven marketing system can pull out there, right? From, right. from like the website visits and, oh, they spend this much time on this page and this much, right. yeah. So that uh, knowledge, is and I think companies don't see that knowledge as an opportunity to say, oh, right. my sales rep has all these all this knowledge which nobody else has, including anybody in my company. How can I empower and enable my rep to respond the best to that knowledge? Right, right. No, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, and that's why it's such a hard thing because reps are all different too, which makes enablement <laughs> that much harder. Um, because not everyone has the same skill set, right? EQ, we're all born differently, different skills, um, which makes just that challenge, um, you know, even bigger. But uh, no, this is great. I mean, I think this is, you know, I, I love talking about enablement and sales. I mean, it's certainly something I'm passionate about, um, you know, working on my own craft over many years, um, talking to customers and going through the discovery process and so on. So this has been great, Grub. Um, tell me about Enablex. Why'd you start the company? So we, I mean, I, 
I've spent in sales support roles. Uh, I've been a product manager, product marketer, um, pre-sales. And one of the things that, and I'm, I'm sort of like a productivity and efficiency junkie. So one of the things that always frustrated me was the copious amount of collateral and content that got created and the utter uselessness of the systems that manage this content, right? So that, that was the goal. So the goal was, it wasn't like sales focused, but because I had knowledge of the sales thing, we sort of gravitated towards that. My network is in marketing and sales. So we decided to solve that problem. And uh, yeah, that, that's where the genesis of Enablers. I got you. And you saw that I think Oracle was the job you were in prior to Enablex, if I recall. Yes. So I imagine that there's a ton of content right within Oracle yeah. and, and a ton of sales reps. So, I mean, the bigger the organizations generally, the easier the problems are to spot. Um, and, and so um, did you leave Oracle to start the company? Yes. So when I left Oracle, the idea was to start um, this product um i did consulting in the beginning but then yeah on right. like on the side uh started building the product showing the mock-ups to my network and stuff like that and um yeah that um, well, and then i also learned a lot like i started targeting sales folks and then i got we got pushed to the marketing side and one day we think it's like a marketing problem. Another day we think, in the end, it's a revenue problem. But uh, yeah, yeah. buyers yeah. keep changing depending on the context of the company. And the, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can we follow you online? So you can find us on enablix.com. I'm decently active on LinkedIn, as you know. So you can, um, and then, yeah, I think LinkedIn for enablix or my personal profile or enablix.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's great to uh, bring you on and actually share our conversations with the with the audience. So um, thanks, and let's uh, let's do it again soon. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you for tuning in to the Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at NineLenses.com. See you next time.